require very much. Let us pray. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness, so that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your promises for your glory. Amen. Well, we are five days into Lent, so how are you doing with your Lenten discipline? Have you given up chocolate? Are you reading the Bible for two hours every day? How's it going? I have to confess that I haven't even decided what my Lenten discipline is going to be this year, let alone being good at keeping to it. It's been a busy week here at Methodist Central Hall Westminster. We had our Lent study that started on Thursday. We had the World Day of Prayer service on Friday. And of course, it was Daffodil Day yesterday. I feel as though I've barely had time to think what I'm doing in the next two hours, let alone for the next 40 days. But already, I am regretting not taking that time to stop and to consider my Lenten journey this year. Lent is a special time each year as we travel with Jesus from the desert to the cross. I was able on Wednesday to be part of our Ash Wednesday service, so I have at least begun the journey. And today, the dust of Ash Wednesday becomes the sand of the desert in our reading from Luke. Cast your minds back. I wonder if you can remember my sermon from a few weeks ago. I actually don't want to know the answer to that question, but let me just remind you. I invited you in that sermon to, how, to ask a question about how you introduce yourself to people, to reflect on your identity. I encouraged us all to know that we can be known as children of God, to know that that is in fact our primary identity. That is, I venture to suggest the answer to the question who are you? That week, at the beginning of January, our lectionary reading was the baptism of Jesus, taken from Luke chapter 3. And now, here we are, a couple of months later, only just arriving at Luke chapter 4 and the temptation of Jesus in the desert, which follows on from the baptism. Those are the quirks of following the lectionary sometimes. Baptism needs to come soon after Epiphany, but temptation needs to wait until Lent. So here we are. Jesus has been declared God's son at his baptism, and now he is led into the desert. He fasts for 40 days and is tempted. In the first temptation, the devil says to Jesus, If you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread inviting him to satisfy his hunger and to fill his needs. In the second temptation, all that Jesus has to do is worship the devil, and all the kingdoms of the world will be his. He would gain power and authority. The final temptation is to test God by throwing himself from the highest point of the temple. Three temptations, meeting his own needs, power and authority over others, and testing God. 
I'm sure that we can all recognise times in our own lives when we have been met with these temptations. I wonder how you responded. Well, when he met these temptations, Jesus responds by quoting scripture. Jesus knew the word of God. And even when the devil tries to twist it round and use scripture himself, Jesus shows that it is more than knowing the words of scripture. It's about knowing God's nature and trusting that God should guide our lives. These temptations are not about self-control, they're about trusting God. Jesus knew who he was, and therefore he was able to trust and to follow. Up to this point in Luke's Gospel, Jesus' identity has been confirmed by Mary, Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, and John the Baptist. And then in his baptism, a voice from heaven declares, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And then, just in case we're in any doubt after all of that confirmation, we have the genealogy of Jesus. It's placed somewhat oddly in Luke's gospel, between the baptism and the temptation, at the end of Luke chapter 3. And we find 15 verses there that stretch from Joseph all the way back to Adam. And whilst it might break up the narrative a little, Luke is making a point. He wants us to be very clear in our minds that Jesus is God's son. He wants us to know that, but he also wants to make it clear that Jesus is moving into this time of temptation in the desert, firm in the knowledge of who he is and where he has come from. And God wants us, too, to have that same assurance, to know that we are precious, beloved children who can hear God and trust God in and through the challenges and temptations of life, that we, too, can rely on the words of Scripture. So next time you are facing challenges or difficulties or temptations, remember that you are a child of God and that the promises of God's word are true for you. I want to just note how this time of temptation finishes in Luke's Gospel. There are no angels tending to Jesus as in Matthew and Mark, but rather, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him till an opportune time. This wasn't a once and it's done forever situation. It wasn't a box to be ticked in the checklist of human experiences. Jesus went on to be tempted again in his life and ministry. We hear Jesus praise on the Mount of Olives. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours. And later on the cross, the soldiers called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Obedience to God needs to be a constant reality in our lives. We need to say to God, your will, not ours, every day. Sometimes that path of obedience and trust is obvious and easy and straightforward. Other times it is hard. It takes prayer, it takes a determination of will. In our world, we see again and again where people behave in selfish and self-serving ways, 
their concern for the welfare of others isn't even on the agenda, let alone being top of the list. My heart breaks as I hear the news that comes from Ukraine, and I'm sure yours does too. And whilst we may feel like there's nothing that we can do, we are each called to follow in the steps of Jesus, to know and to trust in the word of God, and to be signs of the kingdom in the world. What is God calling you and calling me to do in order that we might be peacemakers and to seek the good and the well-being of all, to enable justice to flow like a river and righteousness like a never-ending stream? Well, one thing that we can learn from today's readings is that if our choice puts our own needs first, if they help us to acquire or to keep hold of power and authority, if they are testing God, then they're not God's will for us or for the world. We are called to live our lives in ways that put the needs of others first, where we serve others with humility and, above all, to trust in God's promises in his word. Whatever your Lenten discipline this year, even if, like me, you haven't decided yet, I pray that as you journey from the dust of Ash Wednesday to the sands of the desert and on to the nails of the cross, that you will know who you are in God and through that knowledge have confidence to face the temptations and the challenges of life. Amen.